0: From our BTG studio in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Welcome into the show. You found a different kind of sports talk radio program, one that comes with a faith-based perspective on the world of sports. It's sports talk without the trash talk. Check us out on social media, at BTG Program. You can subscribe to our podcast at our website, btgprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes, other podcast sources like Google Play. Click the subscribe button and have it downloaded to your device automatically. The podcast is downloaded and listened to regularly all around the world and across the United States in such places as Bowling Green, Kentucky, where the show was recently downloaded. Home of Fruit of the Loom Underwear, the National Corvette Museum, and the National Corvette Homecoming, which is held annually. The Class A Bowling Green Hot Rods of the Tampa Bay Rays organization is there, as is, of course, the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky University. Bowling Green is also the birthplace of former NBA star Rex Chapman, as well as Corey Hart. Not the nighttime sunglasses wearing Corey Hart, but the (laughs) former outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm -hmm. The two-time All-Star was a finalist, you might remember, in the 2010 Home Run Derby. He has a very interesting story. He was at the peak of his baseball career, and yet... The major league lifestyle that these players have to deal with each and every day is causing him to neglect his marriage, neglect his family. Their oldest daughter was a fourth grader at the time attending a Christian school. Asked her dad what John 3.30 meant. John 3.30 reads, he must increase, but I must decrease. Corey began searching for an answer. He read scripture. He started attending church and team Bible studies. Hart says, I can't get enough. I felt like he's speaking to me, and everything he's saying is reflecting on my life and making me want to learn more. Things changed. He began focusing more on his family. Then, as the 2011 season began, he was injured and struggled during his first month back on the field. Then, prior to one home game, he prayed, asking for reassurances about making a commitment to Christ. Now, this may not be everybody's testimony, may not be everybody's experience, but when he came to bat, he says he told God that, I surrender. If I'm supposed to be a Christian, if this is supposed to be my life, I can struggle all you want me to struggle, but at least tell me I'm doing the right thing. I'm not asking for home runs. I'm not asking for anything. I just want to make sure that being a Christ follower is the right thing for me. Hart says when he got in the box, it felt like somebody was holding him. He then hit a home run. The next bat? Same thing, home run. He says he thought he might see God standing right there. The next at-bat, you guessed it, another home run. This is
1: like angels in the outfield.
0: Man, it's some kind of story. He says, Jesus rescued me from being lonely. My family, my wife, my kids, they are my life. They're everything, and you know without Christ, that would have all been taken away from me. Corey Hart, one of the best hitters in the history of the Brewers franchise, a native of Bowling Green, Kentucky, and who knows? maybe a subscriber to the Beyond the game program <laughs> to the many noble, good looking, highly intelligent citizens of Bowling Green, Kentucky. We thank you for listening to the show and wherever it is. You are listening as well. We thank you also. We'll start to show off with our shenanigans statements. So let's give Zach a chance to come on into the mic.
1: All right. Well, number one, we all, well, probably most of us saw Drew Brees break the all time career passing yardage mark in Monday night football. So true or false truth or shenanigans, Drew Brees belongs in the conversation as a legit candidate to be remembered as the greatest QB of all time.
0: I'll let you go first since I ran that whole opening for the first three or four minutes. No, I liked
1: hearing that Corey Hart story. Look, I I say truth. Uh, He gets overlooked a lot, which I think is probably because he only has the one Super Bowl ring. But, I mean, look, he now has the most career yards. He already has the most career completions. He has five 5,000-yard seasons. Nobody else has more than one. He's fourth all-time in touchdowns and still adding to that total. The only thing I could think of that would keep him out of that conversation is the one Super Bowl ring, and maybe he remedies that this year. But I absolutely think he's in contention to be the GOAT. I agree. Uh, You know, he should be in that
0: conversation, as, as has been reported all week. He has the statistics. He has the numbers to support that claim. And I'm not sure, like you, why he isn't more often included in that conversation. Is it playing in New Orleans? Is it only the one Super Bowl? Is it playing in an era that favors passers so heavily that, you know, those gaudy numbers are, you know, maybe they're a little overlooked because of the era he plays in. Whatever it is, it doesn't seem fair. He needs to be included in the conversation of all-time best quarterbacks.
1: Agreed. Number two, Yankees manager Aaron Boone is to blame for the Yankees losing the ALDS to Boston in four games.
0: Shenanigans. He didn't handle the pitching changes well for sure. He was overshadowed by Alex Cora, who seemed to have the Midas touch in that series. Man, Everything he did just seemed to go right. But the Yankees lost for a number of reasons, and first and foremost, the Red Sox are just better. I said in April I like the Red Sox to win the division to finish ahead of the Yankees because I thought they had superior starting pitching, and it showed. It takes pitching to win in the postseason. But secondly, maybe get a clutch hit here or there. I mean, just one or two maybe would have made the difference. The Yankees won game two in Boston, and they could have stolen game one as well with a couple of clutch hits. Mm -hmm. Had they gone to New York up 2-0? Maybe we're talking about a different series. Maybe they could have stole the series from a team that I still think is much better than them. Mm -hmm. And they could have pulled it away in game four as well. And they had an opportunity to win that game. If only they had gotten some clutch hitting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I say shenanigans as well. I agree with you. Look, Aaron Boone got exposed in this series as a rookie manager. You know, he left his starting pitchers in too long some of his moves didn't work out. I still don't know why Miguel Andujar was out of the lineup for game four when he's probably making the best contact of anybody on your team. But look, Aaron Boone wasn't the one giving up the runs. He also wasn't the one stranding base runners. He may have been a better option at the plate than some of the hitters that they ran up in that in that series. So look, he made some bad decisions. Let's not lose sight of the fact that the Yankees won 100 games under his leadership this year. He's not a bad manager. He's a rookie manager. And I I can't lay the series solely on his shoulders.
0: No, and who knows? Maybe he comes back next year having learned a few things and is even better.
1: Last but not least, at the time of this recording, Toronto Maple Leaf superstars Austin Matthews and John Tavares have combined to score a ridiculous thirteen goals in four games. The Leafs are off to a three to one three and one start, so truth or shenanigans. The Leafs will win the President's Trophy as the best team in the league this
0: season. (laughs) Shenanigans. But what a combination, huh? Oh my gosh. Listen, they're good. They should be in the playoffs. But I still like the Lightning, the Predators, the Sharks, who, by the way, lost to my Islanders for zip, and a few others more than I like the Leafs. I I give them credit. They're off to a great start. And what a combination with Tavares and Matthews. But no, I don't think they're going to win the President's Trophy.
1: Yeah, I have a hard time seeing it as well. I mean, for all the scoring they're going to get from those top two lines, they've still got to play defense, and they've still got to get good goaltending, and those things have been a little shaky for them over the past season or two. I think they're absolutely capable. I just think there's a few teams around the league that are going to be better. Thanks so much for being with us. I hope you'll stick around for more. I'm Benson.
0: He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Here is your Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, October 11th. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, the Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Juniors is Groves and Taylor Rutland. Each notched second-half goals last Saturday to lead the Roberts Wesleyan women's soccer team to a 2-0 victory over Queens College. The men, however, did not fare as well in their match against Queens, falling 2-0. The women were on the road again Tuesday, this time against Salem University, where they suffered a 3-0 loss. The Roberts Wesleyan women's volleyball team lost to Mercy College last Friday 3-2 in five sets. The Red Hawks were led by junior Rachel Holmes, who finished with a game-high 23 kills. They were back at it again on Saturday, falling this time to the University of Bridgeport 3-1. Sophomore Grace Detweiler leading the way for Roberts with 11 kills, followed by Holmes with 10. Elsewhere, the Roberts Wesleyan men's golf team finished in second place over the weekend at the St. Rose Fall Shootout. The two-round total of 615 was just nine shots behind first-place Franklin Pierce University. The men's tennis team, they lost 7-0 on Sunday to Southern New Hampshire University. The Red Hawks' home schedule this week is as follows. The men's and women's soccer teams will host a doubleheader on Saturday, October 13th. The women will host Dominican College starting at 1 o'clock, followed by the men welcoming in the University of the District of Columbia with a scheduled start time of 3.30. The men's golf team will host the Roberts Wesleyan Invitational on Sunday and Monday, the 14th and 15th. And finally, the men's tennis team will play host to Houghton College on Tuesday, the 16th at 3 p.m. Go on out and show your support of Roberts Wesleyan Athletics. For more information, as well as finding scores, game highlights, and more, Visit their website, robertsredhawks.com, and of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Let's face it, friends. Sometimes life hurts. Sometimes we even get caught up in habits that are hard to break. That hurt can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are struggling with pain or addiction such as drinking, cutting, pornography, eating disorders, troubled family dynamics, and more. Hundreds of students from middle school age to college age have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program, and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered Sundays from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Gathering Place South in Rochester. And of course, it's absolutely free of charge. For more information, visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-HOPE. That's 585-723-4673. And ask for Jill. Eric Carmen and the Raspberries. Where'd you dig that one up, Zach? That's great stuff.
1: I know that's one of your favorites.
0: It is. I was a big Eric Carmen fan growing up. And I mean, that's even a little earlier than a solo stuff just good stuff rick benson along with zach barletta this is the beyond the game program btgprogram.com or at btg program did you see where astros third baseman alex bregman was complaining after houston swept the indians in the alds he didn't think that the defending world champions had gotten a fair shake when it came to game times i did see that baseball had them like at I don't know, one late afternoon, two early afternoon games. In an interview with ESPN, Scott Van Pelt, he says, I want to end with saying one thing. Does Floyd Mayweather fight the first fight of the night, or is he the main event? I mean, does Tiger Woods tee off at 8 a.m.? It's about time the show strows play on primetime television, so we're looking forward to the ALCS. Bregman said, I got a sunburn today. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get understand. it, man. You you want to play it in primetime television. You want the limelight, but you are on the Astros, my man. You are the defending world champion. You may very well be again, but you are on the Astros. And the Astros and the Indians are in no way going to garner the attention of the baseball world or, or the sports world the way the Yankees and the Red Sox will. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Any national network broadcasting games is going to pick Yankees, Red Sox, over any combination of baseball every single time. Look, we all make decisions. We make decisions, and, and we have to live sometimes with the results of those decisions. You decided to play for the Astros. If you wanted primetime television games, then you probably should go to a bigger media market. Look, the Dallas Cowboys are always going to overshadow the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans can win the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys can finish in last place. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to garner the attention. That's just the way it is. If you play in the NHL, you can't complain about anybody or ESPN or any network not covering your games. I know NBC has some nice Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, I forget which it is, game of the week. They have a few of those. But ESPN would rather televise baseball or football or basketball, or college football, or cornhole competitions, (laughs) almost anything.
1: All things that more people are interested in watching than hockey, unfortunately. Yeah, and I love hockey. You know I do. I'm not picking on
0: hockey. I'm not slighting the Houston Astros. I'm not taking anything away from them. It's just you're not a major media market.
1: Well, the Yankees and Red Sox have been going at each other for 100 years. You know, the Astros haven't been going to anybody for 100 years. It just makes sense. I, I agree with him. The Astros are fantastic. They're a ton of fun. They're a really, really good baseball team. They deserve some primetime games. But if you're looking at it in terms of dollars and cents like the networks are, it's Yankees, Red Sox every single time.
0: If you lined up a bunch of people, you went out in the street and you started asking them, hey, who's the best player in the NHL? They're not going to—most people aren't going to be able to tell you. Yeah. Now, if you asked them about the NBA— they're going to tell you LeBron James like they were related to the guy. Mm-hmm.
1: LeBron James. That's
0: why ESPN wants that and not the NHL. You can't complain about if you want to play on primetime television, you should pick another sport other than the NHL. Again, I love hockey. Not everybody does. If you want to play on primetime television, you want to be that media star. Well, maybe you need to play for somebody other than the Houston Astros. Now, of course, the Astros are going to get plenty of coverage there in Houston but you're not going to capture the attention of the national audience. Complaining to Scott Van Pelt about it, well, that's just ludicrous. And speaking of complaining, CeCe Sabathia complaining about Angel Hernandez after the Yankees were eliminated from the playoffs was was just a terrible look. Listen, you're not complaining about something that people don't know about. right? Maybe you were frustrated, and of course you were frustrated, but that looks and sounds like sour grapes. It really does. Mm -hmm. And, And yeah, it's true, but so what? They had the third-base camera the other night on the pitcher as he was warming up. I'm watching a game with my son, and I see Angel Hernandez in the background umpiring first base. And I said to my son, oh, boy, this is going to be good. There's Angel Hernandez Mm -hmm. umpiring first. And he's like, well, why do you say that? He he wasn't familiar. I said, this guy just seems to want to make the game about himself. He seems to want his name included in the box score the way the players are included. And he just, for whatever reason seems to end up in these situations where he's bigger than the game. You know, He's famous for that short fuse or, or the short hook in throwing people out. But sure enough, he has four calls in that game go to replay in the first three or four innings or something like that. Three of them were overturned. Now, in fairness to Angel Hernandez, I don't know that any other umpire would have called it differently than he did. Mm-hmm. Those were bang-bang plays. I think it was just circumstances, coincidence that – 3 of 4 got overturned but I don't think he was any he did anything all that egregious. I thought he did a pretty good job and frankly I think he did a pretty good job behind the plate. The other night uh, when CC Sabathia was pitching, I can think of one pitch I think that I remember thinking, well, he missed that one. Mm-hmm. But if you got one pitch that's missed, you've done a pretty good job as an umpire yeah. and I think he did. So him complaining about Angel Hernandez at least on this particular night I I thought was misplaced. Now, in fairness to CeCe, he did not blame Hernandez for the Yankees losing the game. Sabathia blasted him. No, he said he's absolutely terrible. He was terrible behind the plate today. I disagree. He was terrible at first place, at first base, excuse me. I disagree. It's amazing how he's getting jobs umpiring in these playoffs games. That I agree with. Yeah. Asked whether Hernandez was the reason the Yankees lost, Sabathia said not at all but he shouldn't be around these playoff games. He's always bad. He's a bad umpire. I mean, that was just shredding the guy. Yeah. It just, I mean, it's accurate. It's earned. Yeah. Red Sox starter Rick Porcello. I don't know if you caught this. What a jack wagon when he was asked about it. Like, he doesn't know Hernandez isn't one of the best umpires in the league. He, he's well aware of Angel Hernandez's reputation as a pitcher. I'm sure of it.
1: Everybody is.
0: He says, throw the ball over the plate, CC." I thought Angel Hernandez called a good game. You got to get the ball over the white part of the plate, and then you get the strikes called. Okay, clown. Yeah. Like, you're above all this. Just just stop. Maybe it was unnoticed before, his flaws as an umpire, but in this era of replay, those flaws are on display, mm-hmm. and they're seen, and they're obvious. And CeCe wants to know why he's around these games He'll probably sue if he's not. He's got a discrimination lawsuit against baseball saying that he's been passed up for promotions, that he's been passed up for doing postseason games. He mm-hmm. filed this suit in 2017. And lo and behold, he Here gets he the is. assignment of the 2017 All-Star game. He was in last year's playoffs, and he's in this year's playoffs. So, yeah, I, I think his lawsuit is probably has a lot to do with why he's there. But complaining about it, After your team was eliminated, Zach, that's that's just a bad look, especially on that particular night when he didn't do such a bad job. If you're a human, then you probably find yourself complaining from time to time. It's not necessarily flattering, but you can be sure you're not alone. People have problems grumbling about stuff. The children of Israel grumbled. They grumbled against Moses. They grumbled against Aaron. They even grumbled against God, so much so that it was like their job to do that. Complaining can really be boiled down to a simple loss of perspective, forgetting that God is in control of everything. Jude 16 tells us that complaining is a symptom of a selfish heart. Jude one sixteen says, These are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. We're reacting to our false perception that we did not get what we feel we were entitled to get, or to put it, away, put it another way, not trusting God to take control and lead us in the way which is best for us. But remember, whatever the circumstances, God's allowed them to come your way. He's not surprised by whatever it is you're complaining about, but be careful, because complaining can become habitual to the point where it becomes part of who we are, it becomes part of our character. You probably know somebody, most of us know somebody, who is a chronic complainer, and when we see them coming our way, you know that feeling you get. You know what goes through your mind. But we don't want people thinking about that about us when they see us coming. A few things to keep in mind. Complaining's dangerous. It's actually dangerous. The devil would very much like us to feel cheated, to feel unfulfilled, to feel like God's not doing what he should be doing. If he can get you complaining, then it's only a few step, short steps from there where we start blaming God himself, maybe directly, maybe indirectly, thinking that perhaps God should have stepped in, that he should have intervened, and prevent something that we're going through. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 says, Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we and imperishable, therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Christians, whether in sports or or in anything else, should exhibit self-control. Don't allow the situation to get the best of you; be focused, remember that God is in control. And don't let your complaining be something that compromises your testimony. Number two, remember, God knows what he's doing. Remember, Joseph was thrown into a pit. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He was accused then of messing around with his boss's wife. He was thrown in prison. And while he was there, he was betrayed by somebody who he had actually helped out. And he says this, Genesis 45, verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Joseph certainly understood God was in control. Not one record of scripture of him complaining, despite all that he went through. Number three, let it go. Let it go. Stop complaining about things in the past that are festering bitterness. A grudge robs you of so much joy it ends up affecting you more than it does that other person whoever you're holding a your grudge against first peter chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 above all keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins be hospitable to one another without complaint and lastly just be thankful anyway first Thessalonians 5:18 says in everything give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you you may not understand it in the moment but be thankful anyway. God's in control. God allowed it. Therefore, he's got a plan for you. If you have something you'd like to contribute, or maybe you have something you want to complain about, email us through our website, message us through social media at btgprogram or btgprogram.com. Thanks so much for being with us. With Zach Barlett, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program.
1: You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal secure servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support.
0: Welcome back into the program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta will close out this week's program with our You Like That segment, Isaiah 49, verse 13. So shout for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth into joyful shouting, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Fifteen-year-old Josh Bangert suffers from a progressive disease that doctors say no surgery or medication will be able to treat. As a result, he's likely to lose his sight by the end of the year. One of his mother's friends suggested Josh make a bucket list of things that he wanted to see and set up a GoFundMe to pay for the trips. It only took him 24 hours to hit their $20,000 goal. As of a week ago Wednesday, less than two weeks into the fundraiser, more than 450 people have donated almost $36,000. One of the things on his list was a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. Then it was the Cardinals' turn to give Josh and his family the VIP treatment. He toured the locker room got to meet a number of players including his favorite player catcher Yadier Molina in regards to the money being raised in various ways for Josh's benefit his father says it's not about the money it's about the hearts of the people doing it and his mother says even though we have a terrible diagnosis we just feel so blessed in the way god's providing the love and the support from Josh Bangert's community as well as the St. Louis Cardinals and others is what I like this week
1: What I liked this week was Drew Brees breaking Peyton Manning's all-time career passing yardage record on Monday night. Brees broke the record with a 62-yard touchdown pass, then immediately told his teammates and coach that he loved them, and then went to the sideline where his family was waiting and told his sons, you can accomplish anything in life that you're willing to work for. Drew Brees is an amazing quarterback and somehow an even even more amazing person, and I loved watching him break the record this week on Monday night.
0: This has been the Beyond the Game program, so glad you could be with us for this week's show. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.